accusing or creating stories that that uh, manifest some sort of game that doesn't that may may or may not exist. Okay, so we need to be careful of that when we talk about that type of activity when we talk about violence. Yeah, people are going to make claims that they know that these were gains, but we don't really know what happened until the facts come out in court or until somebody allocutes and tells what actually we actually did. And he asked about a 14-year-old in Ybor City. That's not all that unusual. You know, we've always had teenagers hanging out in Ybor City. Uh, you know, it's up to the clubs to decide whether or not they're going to let people in, and they, they're pretty good at that. You know, I had grown friends who couldn't get into Club Prada because they were wearing short pants. You know, I was the only one <laughs> on my grown man, and I couldn't go in. But, you know, the clubs are pretty good at deciding, determining who they're going to let in and out of the club and after the Live clubs. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Louise Schiavone. Secretary of State Antony Blinken made an unannounced trip into the occupied West Bank to meet the president of the Palestinian Authority, who called for an end to the war in Gaza. Blinken says he's been pushing for pauses in Israel's fight against Hamas, but not a ceasefire. NPR's Michelle Kellerman has details. In a statement, Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas says he warned that a military solution will not bring security to Israel, and he described Israel's actions in Gaza as, in his words, a war of genocide and destruction. Secretary Blinken says the U.S. is committed to the delivery of life-saving humanitarian assistance for Gaza and says Palestinians must not be forcibly displaced. But throughout his latest trip, he has stressed that Israel has a right to defend itself after an unprecedented attack by Hamas last month. The State Department says Blinken and Abbas also talked about a future Palestinian state. Abbas calls the Gaza Strip an integral part of a comprehensive solution. Michelle Kellerman, NPR News. The CEO of TikTok will meet with top European regulators tomorrow amid growing scrutiny of the platform in Brussels. As NPR's Bobby Allen reports, EU authorities plan to question TikTok's role in the spread of disinformation related to the Israel-Hamas war. TikTok CEO Shoshi Chu is meeting with representatives of the European Commission as officials in Brussels press TikTok over how it is combating war-related falsehoods on the platform used by more than a billion people. EU regulators have also told TikTok it has a special obligation to protect teenagers from violent content under new European digital service laws. TikTok says in recent weeks, it has removed more than 500,000 videos from the war-torn region that violated its rules. But EU watchdogs are demanding more information about TikTok's plan to curb harmful war-related videos. Violating the EU's online safety law known as the Digital Services Act could trigger a fine of up to 6% of a company's global revenue. Bobby Allen, NPR News. At the Florida Republican Party's Freedom Summit last night, GOP presidential hopefuls mounted arguments for the party nominee not to be former President Donald Trump. Some comments more pointed than others. Candidate Chris Christie told booing Trump loyalists. The problem is you fear the truth. The problem is you want to shout down any voice that says anything different than what you want to hear. Former President Trump later took the same stage with his signature message. The whole thing is a lie. The whole election was a lie. Trump last night officially filed papers to be on Florida's primary ballot. He is not slated to participate in the next Republican president candidates debate this coming Wednesday in Miami. He has picked up major state endorsements. This is NPR News. The airport in Hamburg, Germany, was closed overnight and into the morning due to an hours-long hostage situation. Police say it's now resolved. An armed man in a vehicle with his four-year-old daughter broke through an airport gate, firing twice into the air, then parking his car next to a commercial plane. A custody dispute was reportedly involved. Dozens of flights had been canceled. The Supreme Court hears arguments Tuesday in a firearms case that could affect how police and courts deal with domestic violence. From member station WPLN, Paige Flager reports this holds the potential of consequences in states with high rates of domestic violence. The question at the heart of this case is whether restricting gun possession for someone under a restraining order violates the Second Amendment. Julia Weber is a domestic violence and firearms policy expert. She says the case's outcome could lead 
few states with fewer options to protect victims. Not every state has state-level prohibitions, but it could tie the hands of the legislatures in the future if they were to consider any kind of prohibition. Women are more likely to be killed when their abuser has access to a gun. And that violence is not confined to the home. Domestic violence calls can be fatal for law enforcement, and mass shooters often have a history of domestic violence. For NPR News, I'm Paige Flager in Nashville. In Washington, D.C., Saturday, thousands of demonstrators marched calling for an end to the fighting in the Middle East. Supporters traveled from cities across the country, selling out bus seats from many departure points. I'm Louise Schiavone, NPR News, Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the Walton Family Foundation, working to solve social and environmental problems to improve lives today and benefit future generations. More information at waltonfamilyfoundation.org. Your news, your views, your values. This is WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM. Hi, this is Mitch Perry, reporter with the Florida Phoenix and one of the co-hosts of the new public affairs show here on WMNF called The Skinny, where we give you the real straight deal. I'll be joined every Friday morning at 11 a.m. with my co-hosts, Ben Montgomery and Ray Roa, editor-in-chief with Creative Loafing as we get in-depth on some of the biggest stories happening in the Tampa Bay area and Florida. That's this and every Friday at 11 a.m. Hi, I'm Kenny Coogan. Join Annie Ellis and myself as we co-host the Sustainable Living Show here on your community-supported radio station, WMNF Tampa. On Sustainable Living, we bring you conversations with local experts on sustainable topics. Please come share with us every Monday morning at 11 in our talks about alternative energy sources, organic gardening, farming, and everything in between. Sustainability is a balance of people, profit, and planet. Together, we will make a difference. Every Friday at 2 p.m., it's Live Music Showcase here on WMNF. I'm your host, Ken Apperson. It's a deep dive show. We dig into the message behind the music through song and interview. We have your new favorite bands from right in your own backyard. Listen to Live Music Showcase every Friday at 2 p.m. after the news headlines. are back here on the Sunday Forum. Walter L. Smith II and our guest.
Bones of Brick. I believe that's 1977, 78. Eight track edition. Happy. Right here on Sunday Forum, right here on WMNF 88.5, Tampa. This is your host, Walter Smith II, along with my man, man, Mabili, and for the state crew, and our special guest. Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to call you. Let us we'll just, we'll just stick with Annie. Miss Annie Miles, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. All right, all right, all right, all right. I was trying. To, I was trying to come up with a, a slick nickname. I knew you were. You knew I was, right? I know you were. <laughs> <laughs> she know you. <laughs> how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know, good. All right. So we, you know, we went off uh, just a moment ago talking about this issue of violence that we're seeing um, that is getting out of hand in Tampa. Uh, you know. We see what happened in Ybor City, and it is not uncommon to see uh, police intervention in some way or something like that in Ybor City. But this was different because we're talking about gunshots at this particular point. That is unusual. That is unusual. And so what 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 we want to talk about right now is what happened this night in Ybor City. Um. We don't. There's a lot of stuff that's still sketchy about the situation. We don't know everything there is to know about it. What we do know is the reports that have come out about the young ladies, um, uh, Emily Perez and uh, Kyle Riker, who were uh, friends that were hanging out that night, and both of them were shot. And you have a 14-year-old boy who was killed, and right now, and, and several people were injured. What we also know is that there, the police have in custody a 22-year-old man who has who, who's been uh, charged with um, with the shooting. Now, again, we do not know the circumstances of the uh, all the circumstances surrounding the shooting. We just know that the shooting took place. Uh, one of the things that that we that that was suggested in the last just before the break by one of the callers was that there was that we want to take a look at uh, possible gang activity, right? And I'm, I'm glad that they mentioned that, as I said before, because one of the things that we do not want is for people just to go off the fly off the handle and say, oh there's gang activity going on in Tampa, right? Well, there's gang activity surrounding this particular issue. And then they go out there and start rounding up a bunch of guys that everybody's wearing black sheet, black T-shirts on a corner somewhere, you know, who really aren't a gang. They're just a bunch of friends that, that hang out, you know what I mean? And then they end up being, being uh, questioned about their activities. And then we, we don't want to spark a type of attitude where uh, where our communities are being highly policed, for what purpose? For what purpose? You know, it's a shooting. It took place. Investigate the shooting, right? Um, there is no, to my knowledge, this, and based upon what's been given, it does not sound as though there was gang activity involved in this situation. Uh, but, you know, people have their opinions. And we'd like to hear from you, 813-239-9663, 813-239-9663. Call in to the Sunday Forum and let us know what your thoughts are right now. Um, Mabili, and there are some, there are some things here that, um, that we need to look at beyond just this incident exactly. when we start looking at this type of activity. And Well, I agree with you for one. We don't need to have the... Police um, run down all black males they see hanging on the corners now trying to say it's a gang activity issue. So I agree with you on that. It's sad that this has happened, but this is not an isolated incident. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the thing that I think is, as you said, the bigger picture of it all is it has become the norm, unfortunately, you know, that 
Instead of you have you having a disagreement, I come from an era. You have a disagreement, we have we have a fight, we have a hand fight, and then we wake up the next morning. Right. You know, we get to go home. Right. You know, and we keep it going. But unfortunately, it has become the norm because of these video games and what they're seeing in TV. You know, it's cool to have a gun. You know, you you don't you don't have to have a conversation anymore. You don't have to talk about it. Just you made me mad. I think you got to go. I'm going to pull out. I'm going to shoot you. This and that. And no one's understanding. All these young kids are not understanding. You can't come back from that all the time. Mm. You know? And then we have, and reading about this story right here, we have a mother, you know, it says she did everything she could, you know, go to work. I thought I was doing the right thing to keep them safe, this and that. And we do. We, we have that mindset that we're teaching our children, especially our black boys, you know, you know, if the police pull you over, abide by what they're asking you to do, you know, so that you can come home, whatever the case yeah, may be. Yeah. You know? And, and it's sad. You can't go out and have just a regular night out having fun, party with your friends, whether it be this club where, if he was at a club at this at this age, you know, that is unfortunate because he shouldn't have been out there at 3 o'clock in the morning. Not a 14-year-old you know? kid. Yeah, exactly. Not a 14-year-old kid. You know, but we don't know the circumstances of that either. So, as you say, to me, it is a much bigger picture that we need to address, and it's sad that the only time the police or the um, local government wants to get involved is when it's brought to the attention because it's a young child, you know, has been shot. You know, and a young, unfortunate African-American black child or whatever, whatever the case may be. But you look at this 22-year-old, Terrell Phillips, you know. Mm-hmm. You look at his life as well. And you have to ask yourself, you was afraid for your life. Why? You know, something conspired with, as they said, was an incident between him and someone else that was there. You know, and this person thought the only way that he could respond or whatever the case may be was to pull out a gun and start shooting. And now you have 16 other individuals that had nothing to do with this. You know, and their lives has been affected. Right. So it, it really is sad, but I do I do agree. It does not mean the police should come out. You know, with their mindset of you know, if I see a young black boy hanging on the corner, right. you know, pull over, give me your ID, and so on and so forth. They are looking for two other individuals, and I, I like the fact that they did put something out stating, you know, if you have any information, you know, call us, report it, so forth and whatnot. So that's a good thing. But then where I come from. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> so, right, right, so some right. people may be afraid to respond. You know, but yeah, I agree with what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so we, so when we talk about this, for for the for those who haven't figured it out yet, you can't catch the accent, and it's from New York, <laughs> and it's from New York. She's not from around these parts, but and it, <laughs> I always mess with her. Uh, with the New York accent type thing. Yo, son, what's up? What's up, son? <laughs> so <laughs> that's how we greet each other ordinarily over, over the phone. Uh, but, you know, this is this is one of those things that we do need to make certain um, that the attitude, the psychology, mm-hmm. the psychology of the, of, of not just, now watch this, of not just the community people, right? But the psychology of law enforcement mm-hmm. has to be taken into account. I urge law enforcement, let me just say this. I do urge law enforcement to please approach this carefully and and do not take this. And, and watch your men. Watch your, watch your officers, um, the people in leadership. Please watch your officers and make mm-hmm. certain that they are not making the mistake mm-hmm. of stereotyping these uh, uh, these young boys and girls, don't don't do it. Don't do it because what we're going to do is end up in a situation where um, we are at, at odds again over something else again. We got enough issues now. Let's not start another one. Let's not start another one. Okay. So I urge the mayor, I urge county commissioner and the sheriff and everybody, please. Um, the, the, the chief of police, please make certain that you are watching that approach for investigating this particular um, incident, please. Um, we, we do not need another situation where uh, somebody gets mistreated, uh, beaten, shot, and all this other stuff. Because why? 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 There's no need for it. No need for it at all. Run the proper investigation. Let's do what we have to do to um, prosecute or persecute, prosec- not persecute, excuse me, prosecute the proper, uh, the, the people who, who've done this, um, and let's move on. Do okay? your due diligence and doing the investigation yes. the right way, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so, Mobile, you've been very quiet. 
I'm just listening. I mean, it's yeah. You you don't want the police to overreact and and or go backwards and do things that we, you know, unprofessionally. Mm-hmm. And you know, the fact of the matter is, you, you, we have to question as a society why these young people feel like they have to go to a happy place like Ybor City, strapped. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the response to anything. You know, any argument or somebody like. This guy claimed he waved at a girl, and maybe that wasn't enough to get them upset at him for waving at this girl. So, but well, we don't know. Guy, what, what, who was that waved at girl? The one they arrested, Terrell okay. Phillips. Terrell okay. Phillips. Okay. Terrell Phillips. Okay. No, Terrell Phillips said that that's all he was doing, and these guys. He claimed that the fourteen-year-old spit at him Ooh. and began to reach. And, of course, a lot of people recognize that reach as reaching for a gun. But, you know, we don't want the police, and we don't want the city council to start overreacting. We we talked about closing down at 1 o'clock. That's going to cut into a lot of people's, a lot of those businesses' uh, profits uh, and probably start closing down. Well, you know, know, um, and and that's, that's interesting that you say that. So let's let's get into that a little bit, just just a little bit, because we don't. There's again, there they haven't gone, they haven't had the hearing yet, the the city council hearing on this particular issue. Um, but um, Gwendolyn Henderson, newly elected uh, city council person for District Five, uh, came up with a uh, some solutions, one of, regarding this particular issue, and one of those solutions was to uh, shut down. Uh, things at one o'clock in the morning, as opposed to allowing these businesses to go on until three o'clock in the morning, and so forth. Um, don't know how how much of a difference that's necessarily going to make. Right. One o'clock, three right. o'clock in the morning, because I mean, you know, my mother said anything after twelve. That's it. You know, ain't nothing. Ain't, ain't nothing you know, good happening. Ain't nothing good happening after that. Um, if I'm not mistaken, not didn't, didn't Ebor City try to do that before they, they try to cut it down that at a certain age you couldn't be out there? Yeah, yeah curfew that was found unconstitutional, yeah. uh-huh. I believe. There was, yeah. there was. And it says you got to become a police state like this. You don't want that to happen. No. It was a fun portion to it all. Um, not, not, not now, I'm saying back in the day. Um, and that was when the police officers had the horses and things like that. They would walk. They would. They would trot the street and everything. And people would would come and pet the horse and you know and all that other stuff. And it was a. It was a. You didn't have this type of thing happen. It just didn't happen, right? Yeah, no, but in you know, it's always been an interesting place, though. I mean, twenty years ago, I saw the police stop a van full of young people that they said they had just stolen that van or some other car, but they approached them with guns drawn. Mm-hmm. You know, and all of us standing out there, you know, anything could have happened. What if the guys in the van decided they wanted to start a, a gunfight right there? You know, so I thought that that was irresponsible on the part of the police at that particular time. But, of course, I don't know what the situation was. I don't know whether or not they had already been in a gunfight with those people. All I know is that they stopped them right on 7th Avenue with guns drawn mm-hmm. and people sitting around out there. So I thought that was irresponsible. You don't want that other issue to come up as well, that stop and frisk just on site. Right. You know, exactly. you don't want that to become a, an issue again. Because they're afraid of mm-hmm. this uh, this tourist trap, essentially, called Ybor City, yeah. to be disparaged. You know, so it's always, it's always had some problems. And, you know, you're right. We, all, we don't really have gangs like that in Tampa, but we do have cliques. You know, there are these young get caught you guys that, yeah, clicks. They like to use that. Mobili comes up with words sometimes. What was what was the word that that uh, that we used that, that you used one time, man? Uh, Pernicious? No. Yeah, <laughs> All right, Mobili. Okay, now, see, I forgot. Now, you know what? Now you know what? Uh, what was? <laughs> I know what pernicious means, really. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, I just can't spell it. 
But uh, <laughs> 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 me neither. <laughs> I'm joking. I can spell pernicious. Uh, but no, the uh, and don't be calling here trying to make me spell it either. That'll be your next call. <laughs> that'll be your next call. About, so I need to spell pernicious for me, Walt. <laughs> so no, um, it was uh, provocateur. Oh yeah, that's the French version. What, what was it? Provocative. Uh, what, what was it? We were talking about provocateur. Yeah, that's what provocateur. it was. Provocateur. <laughs> I was like, like ooh, oh, well, really? Say it again. Say it again. I like that. <laughs> See, here we go. Somebody about to ask me to spell it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, that that this is this is correct. Uh, we we do need to make certain that we don't start this police state thing. We already have a governor, right? Who I'm afraid. I'm. I'm I got to tell you, I am quite concerned with the 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 window of opportunity now for this fool to come down here and say and come up with some legislation somewhere that says, oh. Um, you know, we're gonna put a police state down. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it, it's don't something, give, don't something give ridiculous. Don't give the no like ideas. That. Don't give no <laughs> ideas. Oh, right. man, you know, you know, he already has his, his Gestapo no police. You yeah. know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Let's go to the caller. All right, caller, call you're on the Sunday forum. Morning. Thank. You. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. All right. How you doing? Right. Pretty well. Yourself? Good. 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 Okay. First things first. P E R N I C E. You know, you know, you know, you know. The second thing is, I, I really appreciate you going into the details of this of this incident in Ybor City, because you know, not living in Tampa, not getting the Tampa newspaper, I, I, I'm not able to see it. And I guess I I hope I speak for most for a lot of other people when I just say that this whole the whole incident sounds just incredibly stupid and dumb for someone to be shot over somebody waving at a girl. I mean, this is just, I mean, this, this, the, whatever the, the culture of, of the, the shooter was, this is just incredibly stupid. It's such a waste of human life. And the third thing I would like to mention is that um, it's well known in, in criminology, if you study criminology, that most uh, violent crime is intraracial. It's not interracial. And so, and and I appreciate you taking the time on this the, on, on your show to focus on the in the victim in this case because here we have a victim, and he was killed by another member of his own uh, of his own race. So I, I appreciate your your taking the time, and I think we should note that most of the most of the crime is interracial, and we need to we need to focus on victims as well as as the as the criminals. Too much too often we 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 get worried about the the rights of the, of the of the criminals, and so I think we should think about the victims too. You know what? And and, and here's a, here's a point. Thank you for that point. But uh, here's it, hold, hold a second, Bill. Um, you made a, you made a very important point there, and I want to address that real quick. One of the things that we need to be very careful of is the the perception that we have consistently worked, that we consistently use the term black on black crime. Mm. Um, uh, black on white crime, whatever. What? Listen, it's crime. It's crime. And 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 the, the the you know statistically, when you deal with statistics and things like that, you know, okay, I get it. For for the purposes of statistics and demographics and things like that, that's one thing. But when we talk crime, a crime is a crime, you know. And it just the unfortunate thing is, the unfortunate thing is that um, actually, I don't know. I gotta be honest with you. I don't know that fourteen-year-old boy was black. He was. He's been identified was by the okay by, mm -hmm. by, by the news as a, as a black. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I I did not know. I did not know that. Um, thank you for for letting us know. But I, I want to make sure that people understand that, in, in, as a means of conditioning my mind around it and helping to condition other people's minds around that concept, we need to make make sure that we are aware of the use of terminologies of say, of, of 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 using the, the terms you know black on black crime and so forth because it quite often it is used for polarizing communities uh and polarizing people uh while while mind mind you mind you it is important to know that because that is a focal point 
of our community is reducing black on black crime. That is a real focal point of our community. Um, but it is important to note that crime is crime. A life is taken. A life is taken. And it, and, well, and it cannot come back. It cannot come back. I, I want to make a, um, a comment regards to what he stated was. He stated he's not from Tampa, so he was happy you went into detail because he's not from here. But I do want to make the fact, as you stated, crime is crime, and it affects all of us. It's not just one specific geographical area, you know. And that's, that's what it is for me. And, again, I really feel that the, this generation, you know, and literally it's, it's so young from almost the age of six at this point. You know, because mm-hmm. I've heard about six-year-olds have gone to school with guns and things to that effect. But it's all because the access that they have to this social media nonsense, to these games that these kids are playing, is it, it, popular, you know. And they don't realize when once you pull that trigger, you can't take it back. Sure. And it, it affects everyone. It affects everyone, whether, whether the person that was... And it um, directly hit from that bullet. It still affects other family members. You know, it affects people no matter where you're from. And then you get into the part with the with the government and the police state and things to that of nature. And it's it's just sad at this point. You know, and I still believe I'm like I'm, I'm old school, 56 years young. You know, it does first start at home, but sometimes those kids don't have that. You know, they don't have that availability, that resource. Right. You know, whether it be both parents in a home or just one. If it's one parent, you know that parent's not always there because they got to work, you know. So it goes so much deeper than just being that one night of that child being out there 14 years old. It goes so much deeper than all that. So to the caller again, thank you so much for calling, man. Much appreciated. Yeah, you have the last words, caller, response? Well, I I think that, you know, this conversation uh, reveals one thing, which is that there is no easy solution to this. I mean, I mean, given you know the state of our laws and the freedoms that we enjoy, and and, and that, I think uh, the, the your your female host perhaps put her put her finger on it most uh, uh, in terms of a long term solution. We have to change the culture. We have to change the culture where people will whip out a gun and shoot somebody else, you know, over over some slight. I mean, that that that's and and I I, I don't think it's a, I don't think we can do that by laws. I think it has to be done by culture. Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. We have to change. So contribute to it. One of the email that talks about the real problem is this insane new concealed carry law. Oh, man. So listen. this guy did admit he was concealing his gun until he needed to use it. Right. And that's what we're dealing with in the streets of America. Thank you, caller. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're welcome. Uh, well, I, just, just the one last thing. I mean, if we're, we're really going to put blame, assign blame anywhere on this, I mean, we have to assign blame to to the people who pulled out a gun and started shooting others uh, over this. I mean, that, 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 those are the people who are fundamentally most responsible. I mean, you know, yes, you, you, can, you can say that other people you know, and, and, uh, and other institutions may have had some kind of impact, but ultimately it's the people who pull out a gun and, and shoot somebody else. Even if he was standing his ground. <laughs> right. See, it's complication, isn't it? <laughs> You, well, you, you uh, have yeah, to understand well, well, the mind, the mindset of an individual that does that. You know, some sometimes it's done, as we know, due to mental issues. But like you said, you still have to have the right to stand your ground. If someone, if you feel you're about to be in harm, you know, I'm going to, you know, pull out my weapon to protect myself. You know, so I mean, you have to look at the big picture of everything. But also, with that being said, right, guns don't kill. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Basically, all right, because it takes a human being to pull that trigger. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get on that AI factor yet, but you don't <laughs> want to talk about that. <laughs> but uh, again, it's, it's a whole lot of factors that come into play with this. And um, I am a published author here in um, Tampa and Hillsborough County, and I have a book. It's called Back to the Basics Life Enrichment Guide. And basically, it's, it's the same thing. We can just all understand. It's very simple for us to get back to where we were, but it's the mindset on how we do it together. And, and that's the part that's missing right now. People don't want to communicate. People walk around here afraid. They don't even know why they're afraid. It's sad that this young man right. may have felt just because somebody pulled, raised their hand that he had to pull out a gun to protect himself. We're walking around in fear. We don't even actually know why. Right. We're walking around here angry and we don't actually know why. And then the people that we've allowed to be in office, you know, they promote this nonsense. Exactly. They promote it. And we give them a pass on it. We, we'll talk about it. We'll bring it to the table. But then we go on to the next topic. And it's sad. So for those of us that say we vote to make a change, 
you are part of it. For those who say that I don't vote, you're still a part of it. You know, and I made a statement about that in my book because by not voting, you're still allowing it to happen because you don't feel your voice is being heard. But by not speaking, you're still being heard. That's a big mistake. You know? That is a so, serious mistake. But I, I know I touch base on a whole lot of things. So call again. Thank you for your, um, your comments. Thank you for taking my call. All right, Bye-bye. all right. Call in 813-239-9663. But, Billy, who we got? Uh, who, who we got lined up? Oh, I don't know. Let me go back and find out. Uh, but I think some Ja Rule is still on deck. Uh, let's oh, see. <laughs> don't be hating on Ja Rule. You can take it nice and slow with Usher. <laughs> Man, what's that list? What, you do it? I, no, I think I've gone through. Oh, you want to hear Fence Walk? Okay, let's hear some Fence oh, Walk. Mandrel. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. People walking the fence on yeah, all of these issues. That's right. <laughs> we can't have say that. Say what you mean, baby. <laughs> mean what you say. Hey. What you say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you like that, don't you? I like that. I like and, that. And say like what that. you mean, mean what you say. That's right. Yes, uh, and closed mouths don't get fed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely right. But, you know, we, we probably got to get back to this issue of guns and gains and violence. Uh, but we do know that there are people who are fighting against what is happening culturally in this. Uh, but I think one of the issues that the caller was was reaching for was the fact that people kill each other who know each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. Two groups of friends yeah. go out together and then they pull guns on each other. You know, so I think that that's a cultural issue or uh, just a human issue that human we have issue. to deal there's, with. There's, there's something... There's a there's a psychology that goes along with having a a gun in your hand, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's a, a a type of power mm-hmm. that that you have um, over over your fears, over your issues, over yourself, and over somebody else, right? Because you're able to put fear upon somebody else, you know. And there's some Jamaican put fear upon somebody else. <laughs> That's a horrible accent. But anyway, uh, but no, but you put you put fear upon somebody else, and that is something that uh, that we've got to we've got to work past and get that out of our out of our um, psyche. The mindset. Yeah, we got to get out of our psyche. Why Why do I want to have you fear? I don't need you fearing me. I don't need right. you fearing me. I don't need you to fear me, and I and I don't want to fear you. Right, but that's that prote- that's that mechanism, that's a protection mode mechanism. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. I'd rather you fear me than me than you think I'm afraid of you. That's right. that that's that mindset right there. Right, right. But that's yeah, that's that's definitely the mindset. Um, It'll make you drunk with power. That's uh, it. Badly, 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 and it's, it's what gets these fools killed out there that pull on the police and all that other stuff. So I'm just gonna I'm not gonna let you take me out. Exactly. So I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull on you for you pull on me, and then it's just ridiculous. They, they, what we used what we used to call back in New York, mean mugging. You know, yeah. if, if you look at somebody the certain way, they know not to mess with you. You yeah. know, because that's what you want them to think. But really, it's because you're covering up your own fear to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's sad. Like I said, you're walking around angry. You just don't know why. Right. You just want to make sure you don't get caught, so you're gonna catch somebody else. That's right. That's it. That's right. That's right. And well, boys with toys. I mean, I mm-hmm. heard a young person just the other day raving about it. He's got to get him a gun. There's no fear imminent in his life, you know. He just want a gun, you know. And he's yeah. he's really excited about getting his gun. So I can protect myself. But you've not come under any kind of an attack. At all. So you're right. He's just, he's, he's afraid and doesn't know why. Yeah, Mike Randolph says, uh, the current condition that leads that leads to mass to mass shootings is related to the decline that destroyed the neighborhood and created the hood. Um, oh, okay, destroyed the neighborhood and created the hood. Uh, when we join the neighborhood, the neighbor to hood, we will change the mindset and narrative. Right. So it breaks. Uh-huh. It breaks up. It breaks up what we what we had before the culture that we had before of the neighborhood, right? And just change it to the hood. There you go. You know what I mean? So that mind, that hood mindset versus it being a real neighborhood, everybody together, you know, a community, so but to speak. it's going to be hard to get back to that because now the mindset has stretched that the adults, the teachers are carrying guns in the classroom because they're afraid of the kids that's coming to school and just shooting up. 
So it's going to be hard to get back to that neighborhood mindset when the adults, which are the ones supposed to be teaching our children, are also saying, I'm afraid, so I got my gun too. Right. You know, and it, it, it's sad, but this is the reality that we're in because it has been dragged out so long and so accepted. And when you get down to the NRA and the government, they I mean, it's been so much because they contribute to the government so much. These people are doing everything to try to stop guns. And now we still can't get it done. Well, so racket. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we're going to we're going to when we come back after this after the song, we're going to come back and talk about this issue of the effects on businesses. Right. We got can't ignore that. Can't ignore that at all. Um, so let's let's hey man, let's let's walk that fence, man. Let's go. All right. We gonna walk the fence right now here. Uh <laughs> This is the four nineteen sixty eight in Brooklyn, New York, by three brothers, the Wilson brothers, um, uh, just like just like Charlie Wilson and Gap Band, right? Uh, but uh, the, the Mandrill is seen as being one of the most eclectic bands of the twentieth century. Hey man, listen, 
listen to the sound. Listen to what's being said, the message. Mandrel. Fence walk. Fence walk. Right here on WMNF 88.5. Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. We got a phone call. We got a phone call. What we got? Yes, we do. Go ahead, Carla. You're on the Sunday Forum. Yes. How are you doing? All right. How you doing? Fine, fine. You know what can't not be missing here is the fact that over the past 50 years, you know, when I... Wait a minute, Doc. Well... Yeah, this is uh, come on. You didn't call me out, man. Listen, man. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. No, here. No, before you go, before you say another word, how you doing, man? I'm hanging in here, brother. I'm I'm hanging in here. Um, I'm I'm writing. We're writing. We're publishing. We're trying to make an impact on what's going on here today. You know, especially when I've since joined the, and plus I've joined the Inability uh, uh, Fan Club, you know, and stuff. I get to call a little bit and get it up there you know, and don't, you know. So, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. All but right, man. What, what we cannot, we, what we cannot forget here is, and, and, and is there's an impact over the past 50 years on this so-called war on drugs. This war on drugs was a war perpetrated in our community and it allowed this these the, the the government pump these drugs into our community it's well established right. and it allowed us the police and authorities to dehumanize us in terms of coming in our neighborhoods or raiding our 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 our, our, uh, our homes and our schools and those sort of things and then with that culture of pumping this this, these illicit products in, and 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 uh, where you see that the 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 the, 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 the for example the, the crack cocaine and the heroin, along that comes armament. These people have to defend their territory, mm-hmm. and it's it was designed deliberately designed by the Nixon administration under the control of the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency, you know, to destabilize our neighborhoods and destabilize. The, the gains by the civil rights movement and those sort of things to go after uppity black folks and hippies. <laughs> and this is, when you look at it, you can almost point to it. This has been a, the war on drugs is a 50-year campaign to destroy uh, people of color, black folk in particular. And now Man, this war has taken a new level of attachment when it goes to 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 attack our health care providers. Read our latest articles and those sort of things. The the, the, the attack on health care. I'm talking about Indian. I'm talking about the, doc, the doctors of color. I'm talking about white doctors. The best and brightest who now sit in prison and stuff. This kind of thing. And thousands of people are dead because of this in terms of medical, so legitimate medical service because of this foolishness. This is all a part of the war on drugs, the destabilization, the war on women's health care. All that's the same thing and stuff. So we cannot avoid that, you know, somebody, in my day, no one would ever think about bringing a gun to school. Are you out your mind? You'd get slapped upside the head. Now if you slap a kid upside the head, they'll report you to the authority, and then they go to jail, and the kids run around here without without a, a without a father and a mother mm-hmm. and stuff and 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 allowed to do anything to to, to disrupt the social ills the mores that our community is guided upon in terms of our religious belief our conservative religious belief I'm talking about black folk here our conservative our our, our love for family and and our love for to, for for for, for uh, our community and people around us and stuff, and in spite of the intense struggle. And remember, it was there were people, now look what's happening now. There are people who resent the fact that, that, that black folk in particular had the right to vote. In fact, they resent us having this type of knowledge that this young lady has. In fact, what we would call, I'm just wondering if her book is banned, but has been put on the ban list by uh, <laughs> our dear governor, uh, uh, Santos. Just think about it. When you say don't get vote, when you get vote, the fighting get vote, that means to stay ignorant. That says that means right. maintain yourself in a in, in a technological age of stupidity. And then you're going to ask our same children to go here 
and fight in the Ukraine, fight in the Middle East and stuff. And our parents can't even can't come down here and vote. And we can't don't know anything about our history. We can't relate to the fact we're not supposed to know the fact that Falk was St. Augustine was a black person, that Florida uh, was 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 uh, a center of the Southern Underground Railroad and stuff. That alligator bait means that you fed little black babies to the alligators and decimated the alligator population, millions of them, those sort of things. We're not supposed to be knowledgeable of our scientists. And in fact, I'm not, again, think about this young lady that you're talking about. Think about this. Your book is ready to be banned by someone coming there and saying, oh, no, 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 this is, this book is, it can be banned. And we, and we, and you can't relate that to, to, to Nazism. In fact, when you go back and look at the history and look at the development of the Duranberg laws, there were in 1934, 19, it was 19, June 1934, or June 1933, I don't remember quite got the date, but there were Americans. This thing was taped. This thing was a stenographer was there. And there were Americans like, like Mr. Stoddard that were sitting at the table when those Nuremberg laws came. And those Nuremberg laws were designed, what, to attack Jews and gypsies and black folk that had lived in Germany. And that kind of, not, you know, us not supposed to know about these sort of kind of things. You understand? <laughs> but this is All the right. kind of stuff that we, we're, we're, we're talking about. And a young lady puts out a book as a guideline to stop this kind of foolishness. And what happens? Oh, it's going to end up on the floor of the band list. It's going to be on the list. It's going to be on the list. They're going to get you, Andy. They're going to get you. But don't worry about it, girl. We're gonna we, we'll protect. We're gonna protect. Oh, I, I, I walk in faith. I don't worry about stuff like that. There we that. go. There we go. I, I do want to say this to you, Doc. Thank you so much for your comments. But I do want to say this: when they started that thing in regards to you disciplining your children, it became abuse. Please understand that was the beginning of parents being afraid to discipline their own children. Mm-hmm. And the children at that point became in charge of the household because they knew all they had to do was make one phone call because they got a spanking and discipline and it was called abuse. And it, it was it's so sad. And I mean, I, that started for me. That started in New York when I started hearing about it. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You know, I'm disciplined. This is a someone that I gave birth to. I raised to be an asset to society, not a liability. And now you want to tell me I can't do it. But when they go out and they do something wrong, then you also want to blame me for it. And it's so sad, but it got to the point that parents became afraid to discipline their own children. And what happens? They become now part of those streets. And those same individuals are learning what to do based on what they're seeing out there in them streets. They're following them, them, the guys on the corners that, you know, making money and doing weed and all this kind of stuff. And everything that we try to teach our children not to do is now becoming legal for them to do. And it's crazy. Yep. It's crazy. But, again, we allowed this to happen, unfortunately. I agree with you. They, of course, inundated our neighborhoods with drugs and everything. But at some point, we have to take responsibility because it's called choice. Put our kids in the it, corner instead of instead of being. You know, it's called choice. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm old school. I spank my children. Yeah, I'm like, right. lie to you. Right. I spank right. my. I, I have a 28 and 38 year old, and I discipline them. So, yeah. right. I think he, he makes a point also about the the drugs that has been flooded in his community. And I think that did just as much oh, to yes. empower the Absolutely. children, to empower young people in the household, because they were the breadwinners all of a sudden. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Who's run them somebody drugs? said Who's when you brought money, money yeah. home, when you brought the crack cocaine home to mom, then that really was the end of the family structure. Mm. But the, the the thing is that these are is- issues that came about after the Civil Rights Act, after mm. uh, post-segregation. It seems like post-segregation, that's when the guns and the drugs all flooded and the police and the jails expanded and, you know, people out living out in the sticks got the jobs as the security guys, the Corrections officers. So, yeah, all of this was post-segregation. Now, you also have to look at the welfare issue, too, because that's when it started with inside the the father being inside the homes. Because, you know, when the, when the parents got on welfare, they couldn't have a man inside the house, so they would literally come in and investigate your house. If you got shoes in the closet, all kind of nonsense. They just want uh, you to be married. Claudine. 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 Claudine with, yeah. with Diane Carroll. Yeah, and yeah. in New York, we used to say welfare was just farewell backwards, you know, because you was losing your independence. Yeah. You know, and again, this is something else that we just gravitated to, you know, and I'm not just saying just African-American. I'm not saying just black people. It didn't just happen in the hood. Please understand, white people is on welfare, too. <laughs> okay? Please clear More than we. Exactly. 
they were on it as well. And they was utilizing and taking advantage of the system. They had their cats on welfare. It was so much corruption in, in there, you know. But I agree, it, it stimulated all from there and it just spiraled out of control. It's, listen, man. Domino effect. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Thanks, Doc, for your comments. Thank you very much. Uh, and and comment. Make sure that, that you check out You Are Within the Norms, withinthenorms.com. Check thank it out. So Check much. it out. All right. So thank you so much. And, and all right, Doc. And then all I want to say is, is this is what happens when people are suffering from wokeness. And we need to stay woke and we're not asleep. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Thank you, man. Thank you. We um, did have an emailer that says uh, the um, that Doc was speaking right, that it wasn't only blacks that Nixon was attacking. He was attacking white hippies, flower children, and also blacks. Yeah, so absolutely, absolutely. He this war on drugs was was very politically. That was devastating. Absolutely devastating. Um, and then another email said, "Don't forget about the other victim in the Ebor City shooting, the twenty-year-old Harrison Boone Stoppel, the totally innocent young man." Yeah, that's right. That's right. As a matter of fact, I didn't give the names of those two. Uh, it was Harrison Boonstopper, um was one, and the other was, um, let's see, Elijah That Wilson. was a 14-year-old. Okay, uh, Eli- it was Elijah Wilson and Harrison Boonstopper. Mm-hmm. That's correct. That's correct. Um, so, you know, we there, there's a lot to, to come. There's a lot to come, and we need to, we're going to make sure that we're following here on the Sunday Forum um, Mike Randolph says our generation created the current youth mindset and we wonder why the youth are the way they are. Yeah. You know what? F- funny thing. The parents, right? I always, I, somehow I've, I've observed the parents are now almost the same age as the children. <laughs> yeah. Literally, I mean, I know, yeah. I'm 10 or 15 years old. Yeah, you yeah. got 12 year old. <laughs> yeah. 12 year old, like, mothers. Kids yeah. 12 years younger than them, man. Not even outside the generation. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then when I used to be a bouncer, I would see I would see them hanging out with their mamas. Like they're grown, right? They're, they're both grown at this point, but they're hanging out with their mamas. What is going The world is a ghetto. <laughs> hey man, listen. Um this it's been a great conversation, wonderful conversation, one that's going to continue on uh, next week, next Sunday, from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on WMNF. And, uh, you know, as always, this is Walter Smith II saying from my voice to the radio waves, to the hearts and the minds of all of you, we love you. And there's one single solitary thing you can do about it here on the Sunday Forum. WMNF, 8.5 Tampa. Post Martin Hootenanny coming your way next. Cry.